kick on this time for another episode of American Reef. Today we're heading back out to Mike Paletta's to do a nine month update on that all-in-one new tank build. Before we check out Mike's tank, just a reminder, if you're looking for American Reef's HPD, which I consider one of the best fish foods on the planet, head on over to AmericanReef.com, bottom center of the page, you'll see some kind of verbiage that says, click here to purchase HPD. Just click that link and it'll get you to that page. Again, getting lots of emails, so if I'm not clear in any way, shape, or form, again, AmericanReef.com, that webpage, bottom center of the page, you'll see the link and you click that link and you'll be able to get it from there. Also, as another reminder, um, if you haven't seen, I've got two videos previous to this video where Mike had an old tank laying around the house that he wanted to actually create uh, an all-in-one kind of biocube. So he had basically a vision of what he wanted to do, and those two videos kind of get us to where we are today. And uh, it's worth checking out because there are some lessons learned that kind of brought us to this point. And again, rather than me kind of talking about it, let's check out this tank and uh, see how it's progressed over the last nine months. pluses and minuses to doing it. Hadn't done a nano tank in a long time. Uh, some of the minuses, tried two pairs of Helfrix Firefish, lasted two to four weeks, all dead. Purple Firefish for nine bucks a piece, they're now six months old. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's always true, the most expensive fish die first. Uh, some of the things that I found in here, I used rock from the big tank. I had a significant amount of worms, bristle worms, fire worms in here. They ate a significant number of the favias that were in here and the acans. They didn't do real well, which is interesting because I had them in the frag tank under the same lights, same water, did fine. Move them into here, the worms basically destroyed them. Worms and uh, Asterina starfish. So I oh. put in a, a pair of harlequin shrimp, they got rid of the Asterinas. I put in a uh, little tiny flame hawkfish, it got rid of a fair number of the uh, uh, bristle worms yep. and fireworms. And I come down at night, put some food on the bottom, the worms come out, and I suck the worms out of the tank. So that has helped quite a bit, but it took me a while to get used to this. In a small tank, any pest you have is going to be significantly worse than in a big tank, because it's right there, and the Asterina is bred in here like rats, so they were all over the place and consuming things. I know there's some people that say that Asterina's do not eat corals. Yeah. I can show you point blank. They eat them, 
and they enjoy them, and uh, they're a real uh, bane to keeping stuff in a small tank if you get them. So the Harlequins did a great job of removing them. Now there's a Harlequin in the frag tank that I took out of here. He's done the same thing of uh, removing all the uh, Astorinas from there. Well, now hold on. Last time that we were here, okay, we, you basically, you were just trying to get your momentum going, meaning, you know, you finally realized that you stripped the stuff out of the bottom, you know, and, and then you were playing around. You got basically uh, a few, uh, I guess they were acros going. Now, I never put any acros in this tank. Okay. This has been Montiparas and LPS. Okay. So I also had to take some of the big uh, Euphilius out of that tank, out of the 300, and move them into here because I was having the same problem with really big fireworms there. I thought it was the Moorish Idol that was eating them, when in fact it was fireworms were eating the Euphilias. So I moved them in here, and obviously you can see they're doing fairly well in this tank because they're away from those kind of predators. Uh, the other thing that I've done is I've gone to some of the plating and encrusting types of things, like the Samacoras and Leptoceras and mm -hmm. Silicinellias and things like that. So I'm getting things that aren't growing ridiculously fast, like some of the other corals have done, like right. the Montiparas, and I'm just letting things sort of grow slowly in this tank. Okay, I remember what we were doing is you still had everything as a nano. It hadn't been it hadn't been plumbed together. Right. So since then, it's been plumbed together. Right, just because it became, became such a pain to maintain things down here right. in one little tank when I had the other two. So I just got the glass overflow from Japan, plug that in, and now everything is connected all in one system, and it makes it a lot easier to maintain. But when I do a water change, I still siphon out of the bottom here, and I get a six-gallon bucket of grunge just out of this right. tank every week. It's amazing how much grunge a little tank can make in a week. <laughs> it, okay, and what's so funny, though, now that I remember that, back to what your previous statement was, was even though, right, you're talking the same water, the same lights, you still got different issues on that tank with pests. Right. Pests or pests, regardless of where you are. Right. I mean, the one thing we didn't really appreciate before, we couldn't keep corals alive a long period of time, were how many different pests there are. And there's something that will eat virtually everything. Right. So the key is to keep them in check or find something that eats them before they eat your corals. Mm -hmm. So that's been the battle in this tank more than anything. Uh, it is seemingly stabilized. Everything's doing fairly well here. I haven't lost a ACAN or anything since I've gone on the uh, alert for... Uh, killing bristleworms and fireworms and putting the, the hawkfish in. So from that standpoint, it's a lot more stable system. And haven't been adding any more fish, although there are some interesting fish in here. There's a pair of Johnson's fairy wrasses in here. There's the purple firefish I mentioned. There's the, uh, I think it's called a Kamori uh, blenny mm -hmm. that is tank raised by ORA, which is a really cool fish. Uh, there's the flame hawk. There's a pair of Springeri uh, damselfish. There's a Trimagobi and there's a Yasuhashi Gobi in there as well. So there's a lot of fish in here, which is, you know, sort of what I always do. Right. And it's <laughs> been pretty stable and uh, healthy. And what else is interesting in this tank or in the frag tank, zoanthids do really well. If I put the zoanthids in the big tank or the tank upstairs, they're gone like overnight. Right. So there's something that's eating them in both of those tanks that isn't bothering them in the frag tank or in this nano tank. So once again, there's pests everywhere. I can't find them all, but I, I've been searching fairly well in here. What else is interesting is how well the corals have done under these Kessel lights, mm -hmm. even though there's a screen on top versus there being no screen on the frag tank. And I've cut down dramatically. You can see how healthy and colorful the corals are within this tank. Right, right. And, 
Okay, so as far as the things that you're happy with, guess what lights are, right? And as far as hooking them all up together. That's very nice. There's now a controller that it runs the, the same way that the uh, Radeons do, where right. it starts off slow and builds to the daylight and then cuts them down at night. So I have that going for them. I like how they look on top. I mean, it's a really nice looking light from an right. aesthetic point of view. Right. I like how this tank looks aesthetically. I mean, it's not an eyesore. I mean, I my soft world tank to me is an eyesore. Eventually, I'm going to soon. I'm going to be replacing that with a much cleaner, nicer. Particularly since it's the living area of the house, we don't often take neglect of the aesthetics of a tank. This is an aesthetically nice looking tank. The frag tank is horrible looking. The 300 gallon, I think, is a nice looking tank. That's what I need to get is more into the aesthetics of the tank. And that's what else I like about this tank. Aesthetically, it's nice looking. Right. Uh, the other problems I've had with this tank. If I don't have the flow blow going from the mm -hmm. back directed just right, it'll shoot water over and I'll have a flood. So it doesn't take much because it's blowing a fair amount of water in this tank. I like the plant tank upstairs. This is doing about the same amount of flow in this right. tank. Right. So I'm getting a huge amount of flow in a small tank. And if it's not directed just so, I have water issues. And it, so if you had to do it again, then would you just do a, a smaller maxi jet on it, or would you put some kind of locking mechanism with like a, maybe a, a ball head to kind of... I'd probably have some kind of adjustment so I could adjust the flow a little okay, bit. Just just and I would have it so that it wouldn't move around. The problem is with vibration, something little just moves a little bit. Right. And it's this little of a tank, if it moves just a little bit, it's enough to get a water problem. Right, right. And um, so but you basically eliminated your heater. Actually, I still have a heater on here because I don't have a ton of flow going through here from the main tank. Okay. It only turns it over about twice an hour. Okay. So in the wintertime when it gets cold, I was worried that this tank make it significantly colder than the rest. So I have a heater on that just kicks on if it gets below 76. Oh, okay. So just in case there's a problem, mm -hmm. this tank will stay warm enough because early on I did lose some fish because I let the tank, or I lost some corals because the tank got too cold. Got it. And I would have never thought that, right? I mean, even at two an hour, still you're getting a lot of... But as cold as it can get, like if I mess up and leave the garage door open and it's six below, ten below like it was this winter, it'll cool this room down to 50 degrees in about half an hour. Right. So... Yeah, makes sense. And then um, I noticed, again, the rock looks like it's a little bit different, like flatter rock. Color. It's moved around and I, the stuff has sort of grown in. It's not quite as high up. Mm -hmm. uh, simply because when it was too high I was losing stuff and the current was always messing with things mm -hmm. so I, I've sort of had to change things around but it's still open underneath it so you can easily get underneath to clean all the detritus that accumulates okay. which is the, the main thing I wanted was ease of cleaning and, and I also noticed I think last time we taped didn't you have black sand just I had black sand but I've taken that a lot because it just accumulates detritus I've, I've gone totally to bare bottoms on all the tanks just because it's much easier to maintain. Got it. Uh, I mean, it's funny, there's some been some posts online, how do you get such great pictures with some clean sand? Well, I clean the sand before I take the pictures. Well, right. that's not really what I want to do. So I, I've eliminated all the sand and all the detritus, and it makes it much easier to clean and maintain the tanks from my point of view. Because I tend to keep a lot of corals, a lot of fish, and have to feed a lot. So if you don't have, if you have a lot of substrate, it tends to accumulate in there. Still shocks me. Right? Yeah, it shocks everybody that's ever seen <laughs> my videos. Because uh, when we show the 300, since it's been five months and how much stuff has grown in and filled in, it's kind of yeah, it's cool, appalling or amazing, depending yeah. on your point of view. <laughs> okay, so back to the nano then. Um, again, 
Well, you took the sand out, you've got it all hooked up to the main display, you still have a heater in it. The, uh, the glass overflow, that's working out good for you? Yeah, it, it basically maintains that every now and then I'll, I'll lose a little bit of the siphon, so I have to redraw it uh, and basically have it flowing completely, but I, I haven't had it stop yet. And even if I shut up when I do the water changes and then fill it back up, the siphon restarts, which is the main thing I'm looking for. Okay, so you have, and it's been close to a year, right? Nine-ish, whatever. No, nah, it's been six months. Okay. Uh, November's when we shot that, when we shot the Christmas stuff. Okay, so six months then, and it, you haven't lost a siphon per se. It slowed down a little bit, but okay. Yeah. And then uh, as far as your fish, you, you, you know, you lost some to, again, the cool, right? Yeah. You figured that air out. Any, anything else that you've kind of... No, they're, they're pretty stable. They're pretty calm with each other. I mean, I don't plan on adding anything else because there really aren't any really cool nano fish that I've seen right. that I want to add to this tank. I mean, there's a lot of fish in here. You can't really see them all, all the time because even as small as it is, they hide. There's a lot of hiding places for them. And unless I feed them, they don't come out all the time. Right, right. But at night when it's calm and I'm just sitting here, I get to see virtually everything that's in here. So I know I have like 180 degrees of fish tanks to look at, <laughs> so it's not bad. Okay, so one of the things you were mentioning before was the fact that you can take something, even though you have the same light, the same water conditions, right, you still had different issues. Pests were one of them, but then you said, like, some corals, for example. Acclimation to the lights, particularly the LEDs I have found, has been really interesting in that I start off a lot of the corals in the frag or the acclimation tank, and that's where I start off all the fish, and everything does pretty well. I have put corals to start with in the big tank under the radions and I have bleached out a significant number of them. Obviously I'm running probably much brighter light there and it's probably more intense and focused because I'm not running the uh, diffusing lenses, I'm running the focus lenses. So as a result I've bleached out a significant number of corals. But if I put them under in this tank, let them acclimate and let them grow and then move them into the big tank, they seem to do fairly well. Because most of the corals that we're getting are still either under sunshine, under sunlight or under uh, metal halides, right. so it's kind of a, a bigger point source versus these are much more focused and they just don't seem to acclimate quite as well. I've had several corals turn snow white, I've put in here, they've gotten their color back, or sometimes they've gotten significantly different colors than right. they had originally, put them in there and they've done fine. When I say in there from the frag tank to the 300, the same thing here. When I've moved some corals from there to here, when they were up a little bit higher they did, didn't do as well. So it, it, it takes a while to acclimate things to the LEDs, a lot more than I would have expected. Because from our perspective, when we look at these LEDs, either whether they're the castles or the radions, they aren't that bright because the light right. is shining straight down, not into the room. Versus the metal halide, it's a much brighter light to us because it's coming into the room. Right. So for the coral standpoint though, it's much higher. Like in this tank, I'm running about 600 par at the surface, which is much different than running 600 par into 300 gallon because it's a foot to go before most of the corals are getting the light. Here it's roughly eight, nine inches. So right. even that short distance makes a significant difference. So I've, I've cut this back now. As I said, I was running 600, now I'm running about 450 in this tank and in the frag tank. Got it, got it. And uh, as far as kind of like uh, the next up for this tank, you can't, since you can't really stock it that much more, right? Uh, you're just gonna let things grow out or what do you got planned? I'm pretty much just letting everything grow out and see how, how it does over time because a lot of these like the Samacoras and the Montiparas are slow growing types that tend to encrust and grow over time and get better as they get bigger so I'm just going to let those grow out. So I'm wait to see in six months how sure. fast they grow in here and whether they grow in comparison with a 300 gallon tank or with a frag tank where mm -hmm. I can see I have frags of a lot of these in this, both tanks 
see which ones they grow faster under. It'll be interesting if they grow faster in the frag tank than in here, because it's the same lights in the same water, right, right. or if they grow even faster under the radions. So I'm always tinkering and experimenting to see, because growth isn't really what I'm looking for at this point. I have so much stuff in these tanks, I'm not looking for it to fill mm. out, because I just don't have space, because then I have to remove stuff. And I hate taking stuff right. out, because I love every coral I have, and that's a problem. Right. <laughs> okay, so. I guess at that point it sounds like it's a good place to cut it, right? We got a good update, we got some lessons learned. Yeah, and you got good pictures of seeing how good things look or how bad right. things look. Right. I mean, there really isn't any real problems in this tank, other than I do have some Valoni in here, which I'd also have to take out when I do the water change. Okay, so what are Valoni for? The Valoni are the little tight little balls of algae that tend to grow and encrust and bother everything. So I go in with either a screwdriver or a little bristle brush, mm -hmm. I scrape them all off, I turn off the flow in the tank, they all sit on the bottom and I siphon them out. It's kind of tedious to do. In the other tanks, I have uh, Desjardini tanks and rabbit fish, and they devour them, so there's no Valonia. But in this tank, obviously, it's too small, and the tank police would come after me, so I don't put them in this tank. Although that cute little Desjardini you got upstairs would look nice in there. They outgrow this tank very yeah, quickly. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, good deal. Again, thanks for spending the time, and then what we'll do is uh, we'll check back and we'll say maybe another six months, and we'll see what happens. Sounds good. I'm Michael. Thanks, Russ.